I want to spend eternity with our Lord and Savior. There is nothing greater in this earth than the Lord. I love my wife and I love my children, my grandson, more than life itself. None of those precious people to me can trump my love for God. You must feel the same. It must be in your heart. Children are the apple of our eye. And our spouses are a part of us. But they can never, ever, ever replace or be greater than our love for God. That love for God. I'm going to tell you this. If you will keep your love for God, the highest thing, the top priority, that is the greatest act of love you can give your spouse or your children. There is no greater gift that you can give your children than to give them the opportunity to see you love the Lord with all your heart. of Acts chapter 1 verse 6 through 8. You know, I talk about how we see this going. Well, when I was doing this, I said, well, it's going to be teaching, but I'm all of a sudden feeling a preaching bug. It's kind of the opposite. Sometimes you think you're going to preach, shout the the walls down. I said, well, I'm just going to teach. But now I'm feeling like preaching. Acts 1 verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power. Everybody say receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Say, you will be my witness. In Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. For Larry, we say prayer. Amen. And you may be seated. I'm thankful that everyone came out. It's Wednesday. It's, it's been some great weather lately. And uh, I've kind of had a spring cleaning bug hit me and Tried cleaning up the garage a little bit and the barn a little bit and working on a project for my daughter and son-in-law's house and just a little bit of being outside. It feels nice. I want to talk about the word of testimony. At Acts 1, 6, and 8, what it says that we read, it says that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And he was telling the disciples, this is before his ascension, he said, you're going to receive power. And he said, and you will be my witnesses. That when the reception, when we have received something from the Lord, receiving from the Lord means that we now are obligated to a certain set of responsibilities before the Lord. And when they received the power from the Holy Spirit, the power 
that they were receiving was not only for them in particular, it was, if anything, it was for others more than themselves. The power of the Holy Ghost that was being placed within them was not to be bottled up, hidden under a bushel, put into a dark cave, set under a doormat, stored in a barn, kept in a basement, locked in a closet, thrown under the bed. The power of the Holy Ghost, the purpose it was being put into these men was so that it would be the force that went before them and gave them the anointing and gave them the skill set and the talent and the words in their mouth that when they became testimonies that would preach to Samaria, would preach to Judea, would preach to the uttermost parts of the earth, would preach in Jerusalem, that the power of the Holy Ghost is what would do the preaching. That the power of the Spirit is what would be the testimony. We want the power of God in us. And when, if, we're, if we could be honest, why do we want the power of God in us? You don't have to answer out loud, but I think I could probably answer for almost every single person that most of the time, if not all of the time, when we think about the power of the Holy Ghost and we think of the authority of the name that's in us, it's almost a self-gratification. It's a, almost a self-fulfillment that I've got the power of God in me and I can rise up and I can conquer and I can overcome and I can and I can and I can and I can. But the Scripture is kind of the opposite way. That the I can is the Holy Ghost speaking through us. The Holy Ghost says, I can. The Holy Ghost says, I can do that. The Holy Ghost says, I can go there. The Holy Ghost says, I can help you. I can deliver you. I can raise you up. I can protect you. I can provide for you. I can teach you. That power that's within us is not only for us, but for those that are around us. I opened up and I said, our children, every mom and dad that's in this place that's got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost that was put in you, and the power and authority that comes with it is not just so you can look in the mirror and you can, you can say, oh, God saved a wretch like me. It's not just so when you kneel down beside your bed and you're praying that you can feel the, the Shekinah glory of God and you can feel the intercessory of the Spirit. It's not only for that. It's for a testimony to your children, to your brothers and sisters, to your neighbors, to your co-workers, that the power of God is so that we would be a walking witness and a walking testimony in this earth. We limit God severely if the power of God in us, the only time it comes alive is when it's delivering us. If the only time we feel the power of God is when it's resurrecting us, we have limited the work of God. The resurrection from the grave. The resurrection from our sins. It took place in baptism. Our sins were buried and a new man arose. We await the transformation. 
And those that have passed on await the second resurrection from the grave. But that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about when we need to be resurrected from the situation we're in. Then all of a sudden we need to feel the power of God. More Life Tabernacle, I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crew. And I think you're stronger than most. I think you're more loyal than most and you're dedicated than most. But we're not going to sit in a complacent spirit. The power of God must be active in our lives. Not just for deliverance. Not just for a pick-me-up. Not just every time I get sick, I need to feel the healing power of God. It's got to get beyond that. It's got to evolve into the power. It's like we've got to take the shackles off of the Lord's hands and say, God, I do need forgiveness. Forgive me, God, of my sins. Lord, have mercy with my failures. God, you know that I need help in these areas. But Lord, I've got to become more powerful in your power that when I speak in my workplace, I can speak in authority that God raised me up. He'll raise my coworkers up. God has healed me, but He wants to heal my coworkers. God delivered me. He wants to deliver my friends. He didn't tell the disciples, this power is just for you. He said you're going to be filled with power so that you can go witness to this world. The very first outpouring of the Holy Ghost that happened it says in this sound, and the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing a man speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all of these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own language? Now get this, verse 11. Both Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Not the mighty works that God did in them. They were speaking in other tongues and the Spirit was the testimony of the works of God. What God was saying to the Christians and to the Assyrians, what He was saying is, I am God, and I am mighty, and I am good, and I will save you, and I will bless you. The attitude within our church age is becoming very, very, very self-promotional. That it's brother so-and-so's ministry Subscribe to Brother So-and-So's ministry. Attend Brother So-and-So's church. This isn't Josh Aaron's church. My name's not on the building and it'll never be on the building. This is the house of God. This is the Lord Jesus Christ's church. You're not my people. You're God's people. You are my brother and sister. But you're not my people. I'm not your creator. Have brother so-and-so come and preach and lay hands. Let the miracles be done by brother so-and-so. Let the prophecies be done by brother so-and-so. It's getting too carried away. 
It's beyond what was intended scripturally. What was intended scripturally is that every man of God, every woman of God would be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and they could walk in the power and talk in the power and testify in the power and tell of the power. Not their power, but His power. Folks, you don't need anybody special to come through these doors. God can touch you any night you're here. He can touch you on the way home. He can touch you on the drive here. He can do all of those things. But that's not even what I'm preaching about tonight. That we got to get beyond that. So that on the drive home, we say, God will move in my car. No, what I'm preaching about is on the drive home, you'll stop into the grocery store. You'll stop into the gas station. And you'll tell somebody about the power of God. Too much preaching on what we can get and how we're used instead of what he can do. You amen it when I said I felt like preaching. Now everybody's backing up. Go back to teaching, Pastor. This is Wednesday night. The first demonstration of the Holy Ghost was the testimony of the mighty works of God. Not the mighty works of Peter. Not the mighty works of Luke. Not the mighty works of John. It was the mighty works of God being spoken of by God. 2 Timothy 1.6 says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit not to fear, but of power and love and self-control. We love that. We love to quote it. But the emphasis should be on the next verse. Therefore, because God gave us a spirit not to fear, because God gave us a spirit of power, because God gave us a spirit of love, because God gave us a spirit of control, therefore, now the emphasis should come. Therefore, do not be ashamed about the testimony of our Lord. See, we want to say, I got the Holy Ghost, so I don't got to be afraid. I got the Holy Ghost, so I can have control. I got the Holy Ghost, so I, so I, so I. But it says we got the power of God, and we've got the Holy Ghost in us. So therefore, we should not be ashamed of our testimony. Do not be ashamed about the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose of grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Revelations 12, 8. You see, the power of the Holy Ghost that he puts in us. Some of us cannot get past always using it 
and relying on it to fix us. That is one of the purposes, but not the only. In fact, I would think that that would be one of the first purposes. But then we should soar and sail way beyond that. That the power of our testimony in Him is what God is after to use. That's why there are so many scriptures on our conduct saying don't let it be spoken evil of. There are so many verses that say to do good to our brothers. Why? Because it's the testimony. To turn the other cheek. Why? Because God's trying to testify to the striker, not the stricken. See, we want the power to heal when we're striked. Lord, heal my face. But the emphasis of the story is that a meek and mild spirit and a grace and a mercy that's in us would speak to the one that's violent and let them know that love conquers violence. So many of the teaching of the Word of God we take for us, but it's really intended for us to see others through. Lord, I want my name to be in the Lamb's book of life. But Lord, right there next to my name, I want to see Larry Thompson. I want to see Rachel Granger. I want to see Garrett Van Dorn. I want to see everyone's name right there next to mine. That the power of the Lord in me established my testimony. And the word that He said in my mouth of my testimony was able to talk to people, was able to minister to people. That the word of my testimony... But He was defeated... That's the devil. And there was no longer any place for them, that's all the demons, in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan. He is the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. Somebody say amen. amen. Who accuses them day and night before our God. That's what's happened and happening. Verse 11. And they, that's all the brethren that have been accused by the devil day and night. 
saying they've done this. They're doing that. They messed up here. They messed up there. They're not good enough because of this. They're not good enough because of that. They're not worthy because of this reason. They're not worthy because of that. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. When it's recorded in heaven how we overcome the ancient one of lies. How we overcome the great and mighty serpent that was thrown from heaven. When it's recorded how we overcome the devil. How we overcome things. It is by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The testimony that's in us is His Spirit. And by His Spirit, His voice begins to go through our mouth and begins to tell hell, Yeah, I'm a child of God. I've been buried in His name. I've been baptized for my sins. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've been forgiven. But not just me. Know this earth that just as this wretched sinner needed saving, so the Lord can save you. So the Lord can forgive you. So the Lord can wash you in His name. He can wash you in His blood. He can take away everything. What if there's no word of our testimony? What if there's the blood of the Lamb? But that's as far as we get. Because every service we're on our face saying, God, I sinned again. God, I fell again. God, I did it again. God, I messed up again. God, I need help again. If that's all our relationship with God, then the only thing we've got is the blood of the Lamb. Where is the word of the testimony? Where is the word that says, and the testimony before the heavens, they overcame by my Spirit. There's more than just being baptized in the blood. And there's more than just being filled with the Holy Ghost. That is the beginning, the new birth. But then there comes the walk with the testimony and the power of the testimony. Brother Anthony, there has got to be a track record for you and I that shows that we have walked before God, that we have talked before God, that we have worshipped before God, but there's got to be more than that. There's got to be souls lined up. And you say, I talked to that one. I talked to that one. I talked to that one. I witnessed to that one. I testified to that one. I testified over there. I testified over there. I testified to the back pew. I testified to the front pew. I testified to the musicians. I testified to the choir. I told them, Lord, of your goodness. I told them, Lord, of your mercy. I told them, Lord, of your salvation. So many times I think parents are caught up in a paradox 
where it's all it is is I've taught my kids that they can repent. I've taught my kids that God's a God of mercy, that God is a God of grace. Well, I'm good and I'm glad and I'm happy about it. But I want my kid to know more than just the mercy of God. I want to know that. I want them to know the testimony power of God. The scripture says that he's coming back. And when he comes back, the parable that he tells, it's, it's, this is one of those parables that it's like, I think, most Pentecostals do this when it's talked about. I need to check my phone. Where's my phone? God says that he comes back and all the servants will be before him. And he'll say, what have you done with what I gave you? Well, I repented every day of my life. Okay. I got delivered every day of my life. Okay? I prayed back through every day of my life. Okay? And God's thinking, that's me doing the work in you. Where's your work? Where's the multiplication in your life? Well, I just figured if they wanted to know about the Word of God, you'd send them to me. His Word says, I sent you into the world. Send the disciples to the uttermost parts, to Jerusalem, to Samaria, Assyria, and the uttermost parts. I figured if my co-workers wanted it, they would ask. Real quiet, you can hear crickets. I told you I'm talking to the ones that are the workers. I am trying to stoke the fire. I am trying to, to, to poke the bear, Jeffrey. I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is more life tabernacle. Don't you ever stop praying for forgiveness. But don't you ever stop there. Don't just stop. Once you overcome, tell people about it. Let the word of your testimony begin to speak to people. Parent, I just feel an unction of the Holy Ghost. That there's a mom, there's a dad here tonight. And God wants to just, I don't know how to say it in His love and tenderness. God, put the words in my mouth that's not Josh Heron. But He just wants a wake-up call to come into some parent's mind and heart tonight. That a parent understands that it's not just about them praying through again. But the little ones who are watching, the little ones whose eyes are fixed on every move. That mom and dad do good. They go to church for six months and then they skip for four months and then they come for three and they skip for seven. What I see is that God will always take me back. That's good, but shallow. What they ought to see is I once was blind, 
but now I see. That I once was lost, but now I'm found. And now that I'm in Father's house, I ain't never going to leave. I'm not ever going to be unfaithful. What I want my little ones to know is, yeah, we used to do things. We used to be drug addicts. We used to be whoremongers. We used to be cheats and liars. We used to be all those horrible things in our lives. But I want my children to know that once God got a hold of me, once I had a moment in the wood chips, I made a covenant to God. I made a commitment to God. Brother Larry, I'm never going back. Yeah, I don't feel like coming to church every day. I don't feel like sometimes praying every day. I don't feel like fasting ever. But I do it. Why? Because the Word of God just didn't forgive me, but I want the Word of God to go to the next generation and forgive my son-in-law. I want the power of God that delivered me to reach down into my grandson and deliver him. I want the same mercy that found me to find my daughter-in-law and fill her. I don't want them to constantly see their dad have to be forgiven and delivered time after time after time. I want them to see a testimony that by the blood of the Lamb, I have overcome. It is time that some adults in the Lord overcome some things in their lives. And I don't mean once a year, I mean permanently. It's time. Watch those fights, man, that announcer. It's time. And you know it's go time. You know that you're going to go into that ring and one's walking out a winner and one's walking out a loser. It's usually already determined before the fight because somebody's already mentally defeated. It's typically how it goes. God wants to put faith into your minds, brothers and sisters, a faith that you have never felt before, that it's going to be in your heart and it's going to say, It is time. It is time. And this time when I get in there, this time when I get on my hands and knees, I'm not quitting until this thing is put down into the grave. Finality. One final time that it's never going to creep up in my life. It's never going to slip into my life again. I've got little ones watching. I've got family that's watching. i got co-workers and friends and neighbors that are watching. And I'm not only got to have my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, but I need my kids there. I need my friends there. I need you there. Musicians would come. I know it's Wednesday and everybody's tired. But I think it's time we overcome our tiredness. Look, we're always going to be tired. All the junk they put into food, the stress in the workplaces, the busyness of the day, we fill our schedules till they're packed to the brim. We're usually out of shape, overstressed, overworked. Overcommitted, right? 
But we got to overcome some tiredness. And tell our children we go to church on Wednesdays, not just Sundays. We got Monday night prayer meetings starting up. It's time we tell our children we, this house goes to prayer meeting. This house not only goes Sunday and Wednesday. You got children, you tell your children this house goes to youth service. You know, I got in trouble when I wasn't pastor for saying it, but I'm pastor, I can say it now. I still feel the same, but now I'm going to get away with it. Something about holding offices. But it's time our parents say, no, I'm going to sign you up for Sunday school instead of basketball. I know we're going to sign up for a hermeneutics class on Thursday night instead of more college. They've got to see that it's more than just forgiveness. But it's the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. That we walk in the power of God that delivered us. That we walk in the grace that found us. That we become strong in the power that's in us. I think we take the scripture, you know, when, when I'm weak, he is strong. And we abuse that. We make it crutches. I'm always sick because I know he'll always heal me. I'm always weak because I know he's going to be strong. When we're weak, he is our strength. When we're sick, he is our healer. But our children need to know that God knows how to heal completely. And it's done. My children got to know when I was a kid I was stupid and I did things and I needed to be, you know what, I needed to be delivered from cussing. I cussed like a drunken sailor at 16 years old didn't even know I was cussing it was that bad every other word was the filthiest of filthy your pastor little heathen little punk I was those things and I needed help and I've told my daughter and my wife I've taught this youth group when I was youth pastor I taught when I was the, the family pastor and I'm teaching while I'm pastor now at 16 years old when I was cussing and didn't even know it. I'd cuss, I'd drop the F-bomb to my mom and dad and not even know it. I remember once, my dad might not remember this, he's in the kitchen and I was doing dishes and I started muttering because I had to do dishes, complaining, and I dropped the F-bomb and he turned around and I just kept washing. But I was 16 and I was coming to church. And I didn't want to say those things. But they just come out of me. And I was laying in my bed and I said, God, I got a problem. I can't stop cussing. I don't even know that I'm cussing to stop it. I said, Lord, I need deliverance from swearing. 
16 years old, the Lord took every cuss word I had said out of my mouth. I'm telling you before the Lord that I can't do the math. I'm 44, 16, somebody do it. In that amount of years, not one cuss word has left my mouth. Not in anger, not in bitterness, not in hurt, not in vengeance. And I'm not good. You hear me. I'm not building me up. But the word of my testimony is that when God did, took that from me, He was able to keep it out of me. Not by my goodness, but by His goodness. That's the power of the testimony that I'm trying to teach and preach about tonight. That we need to overcome things for final and forever and get beyond it. I don't judge you. I know we all have hang-ups. But it is, it is way past time, adults, that the things we're struggling with, that we say, God, I can't do it on my own. But I'm not asking for a, for a just help me in this season. I'm saying, God, take it out of my life forever. I want to tell my children, God did it. God did it. God did it. By the power of my testimony, I can tell each and every one of you that there is nothing in your life that you're facing that God cannot remove permanently tonight. Tonight. But you got to want it and you got to mean it in your heart. None of this, now I lay me down to sleep stuff. It's got to be like, God, it's in there. It's in there. It's buried deep. It's, it's tucked really far inside my heart. Nobody knows it. It's hidden. It's secret. Nobody sees it. I'm good at faking it. I'm good at pretending. But it's down in there. I know it. God, I want more than just the blood of the Lamb. I want a testimony that I overcome. I feel the Holy Ghost. I had no intentions of going less crowd. I had no intentions of teaching this way. There is a saint of God tonight that God wants to put the word of his testimony in your life. Not just baptized in your name, not just filled with the Holy Ghost, but he wants to put a word of the testimony back in your life. I'm asking everyone that would if you'd stand. I know it's Wednesday and we're treating it like a Sunday. I don't think God much cares what day of the week it is. We're not under the law. Every day is the Sabbath. right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that every mind would be brought into obedience to the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that every thought would be brought into submission to the Spirit of God right now. 
God, I pray that somebody would open their heart before you and say, Lord, look way inside, look deep inside. You see the slivers of sin that have buried themselves deep within the tissues of my heart. Lord, every time I try to dig it out, it hurts. I need you to do this. I need you, God. I need you to do what only you can do. I need help. Lord, I need you to create a clean heart within me. Lord, I need you to renew a right spirit within me. Lord, I'm not just asking for forgiveness. But I want deliverance where I never have to be forgiven of this again. Will you help me, Lord? I'm asking if there's anybody out there and you need a little bit of help. You'd step out from your pew right now and there's nothing to be ashamed about. You'd begin to make your way to this altar and say, God, I need some work done in my life tonight. God, I need something to take place in my heart. Lord, you know I don't mind coming to you. You know I don't mind praying. You know I don't mind asking. But Lord, for this issue, this obstacle, this giant in my life. God, I'm asking that you would put it down once and for all. Wait just a little bit. most important question I want each and every one of you to ask yourselves right now. Am I going up yonder? Will my children go up yonder with me?